Welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Kate, the producer and one of the hosts of Pod Rocket. With me today is Rosie Sherry. Hi, Rosie. How are you doing? Hey, Kate. Thanks. I'm good. Good to be here. Thanks for coming on. Um, Rosie is currently the community lead at Orbit. Um, so yeah, Rosie, tell us a little about uh, yourself and you know what you're working on. Yeah. Uh, how, how much do you want to know? How far do I go back? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess like to summarize me is like I, I, I often I say like, I am community. Everything I do is is community. Uh, I, I think about community by day. Um, I think about it by night. I work in community. I work for a startup that builds community products or a product, I guess. Um, I write about community by night at Rosyland. I've been building communities, I guess, about 15 years now. Yeah, it's um, amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love community. I think when, when I first discovered community, I, I, I kind of knew that that was, that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's so awesome. And so it started with uh, Ministry of Testing, um, and that started 2007, I believe. Yep. And yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like thinking about it, uh, you know, I'm on the marketing team at, at Log Rocket, and um, I think we talk about community a lot. We don't think about it maybe as a lot of other companies think about it, but um I'm just curious, like what was like what was community building like, kind of going like that far back, and now how has it kind of changed? You know, maybe even with like the pandemic, going from an online community to then events, then to back online. Um, I'm kind of curious about about the story of the the Ministry of Testing. Yeah, so like 2007 uh, kind of feels like yesterday, but <laughs> it feels like so long ago as well. So I think like. Time has this kind of uh, capacity to to do that, but um, yeah, I, I like to often I like I like to visualize like where was I in two thousand and seven or what existed then. So two thousand and seven was like the early days of Twitter, right? It was like that kind of time frame. And so if you think like, well, what what existed then? It was like uh, it was it was basically like the early days of a lot of the social tools that you kind of see out in the world. It was the early days of LinkedIn. Uh, early days of Twitter, early days of Facebook even. Um, I'm not even sure if I was on, on Facebook then um, or if it was available. Um, I was definitely definitely like early adopter of all of those things. That as soon as they came out, I would, I would kind of sign up to them and try to use them, explore them as much as possible. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, thinking about it from that pers- perspective is like there weren't as many tools out there. Um, it wasn't as easy just to flip or or put something together, um, but for 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 that situation, there were there were things coming out, and one of the things that did come out was a tool called Ning, which was um, basically a hosted forum, and and that made it easy for me to kind of set up the the I guess foundations of a community. Um, but even though that was like the homepage of the community is like, um, you know, it kind of looked nice for the time in comparison to like what was available. It's kind of like v- VB Bulletin um, was like the most common forum tool out there. And it's, you know, those old school forums. Um, that That's kind of like what, what 
I was trying to avoid. And that, that was like, you know, when people had forums or communities, is that, like, you know, it's just like thinking of like what all these old school forums looked like. It was like, they're not nice. They're not nice. They're not exciting. They're not, you know, um, any of that. And I, I kind of wanted to avoid that. So like as the new tools were coming out, I was exploring them and, and basically kind of looking for excuses to, to use them. Um, and I was a tester at the time. Um, I was a tester that had discovered community through going to meetups locally, stuff like that. I dis- discovered uh, Seth Godin. He was like a big like influence at the time. Um, and I was looking for an excuse to do community. There weren't like jobs out there that were in reach of, of me. So uh, my my solution was to well to build a community myself. So I, I did meetups, not not for Ministry of Testing, but I did some um, a local Girl Geek dinner meetup. I ran that for a couple of years, um, and, and that and that was great. Um, but basically, I was looking for any excuse to experiment and to try, try stuff out, and and that's kind of like how Ministry of Testing started. So I I I, I knew a few people. A few people knew me. I hung out with testers online. There, there weren't very many testers, to be honest. As I, you know, there were a few people blogging, um, not many on Twitter. Uh, there was probably, I think, there was like a Google group, I think, at the time. But you know, it was re- a relatively small, small c- community. Um, and um, I, I used Ning as a hosted platform to kind of experiment with ideas and to connect with people. Um, I didn't think much of it, and it was really just like a, a side side project thing. But like the whole reason I wanted to do it was because being being a tester at the time, I was like, I was a tester, and I was going to like web local web based uh, community groups or conferences, and I was like, oh man, they're doing all this fun stuff. <laughs> Why, why can't testers be doing this kind of stuff as well? So basically inspired by a, a lot of, I wouldn't call it the early web movement, but the, the web movement of that time. Um, and thinking about how I could apply that to the, to the world of testing. Um, so it was basically kind of, I think, like trying to be more creative and, and forward thinking in everything I was doing because... <laughs> Everything about the testing world was was not that, and I was like, "This industry needs us." So I th- I feel like this is a way to go. Totally, no, that's interesting. So um, you kind of took a the framework that was set up in other industries and brought it into you know testing. Um, do you think it would have been, or maybe have you seen it be different with un- other companies, industries? Um, like the the initial setup is different, or um, I guess how is it different across the p- different positions you've you've had? How is the community different? How is like the setup of the, the yeah set. the set, yeah? You know, to be honest, it's like that. I think like communities is like they're all individual. I think this is like what I've come to realize only only over time, and only like as my career has changed, and as like my career is now. A lot to do with thinking about community, um, and and to be honest, I think like everyone just makes it up as they go along. 
um, every community is different, but I think at, at the heart of like good communities are people like trying to do the right thing and trying to create change um, and having the, the kind of right mo- motivations uh, to, to do that. Um, and I guess like, you know, also perhaps like ha- having, I guess like the successful communities are the ones that have a, a goal or a vision to strive for, for the long term. So they always like have something to kind of encourage and to keep moving forward. Um, and I, I think that probably ap- applies to much of the, um, especially Ministry of Testing, but um, generally speaking, it's just like, uh, in community, you just need to keep going. <laughs> you need to keep going. You need to keep um, creative. You need to keep thinking of new ideas. You need to keep thinking of ways to connect with people. You need to keep thinking, um, especially like as, as you turn it into a business, you, you, you need to find ways to make it sustainable. Um, and I think that, you know, that's probably like been the hardest like part for communities in general. Because like everyone wants to make them sustainable, but very few people actually have done that. And it, it's, it's kind of sad, um, but it's also understandable because I, I think to make a community success, successful, you have to like do the things that um, don't make sense and trust that, that, that it will work out. Um, and a lot, a lot of businesses don't get that or are not, are not willing to, to invest into something into in into that with that kind of mindset i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's another question i had um i guess kind of building out a strategy around a community i think that's a really big holdup for um companies is just building out how do you build out something when it's a lot of different people and like your community has stake in what you how you move forward and so you have to be very flexible um, I think that can can be a big barrier. So how do you kind of handle that? Um, maybe as like a brand, um, how how do you go go from there? Yeah, I think I think it's uh, I think one of the cha- challenges is like being scared to do to do things. I, I've oft, often felt scared as like uh, making decisions to say, oh, what if the decision I make impacts certain people in certain ways? What what if they're unhappy? What what if they kick up a fuss and uh, march out and it's like all those kind of things like way on the back of your mind is like how, how can you keep keep everyone happy um and I think also you know again there's there's a lot of hindsight from this but I think um you know often we think about say well what what does a community community think but I think also at the heart of communities are the people that are leading the communities, whether it's an individual, whether it's, whether it's a company, whether it's a group of people, right? And communities have to serve them. They have to protect them as much as, as, as the rest of the community as well. So like, if it doesn't work for the founders, that's going to be a huge problem going forward for the, for, for the community as a whole. Um, and it's tough to balance that. I think it's tough. And I've certainly kind of had challenges over the years um, with that. But, um, and I, th- I think it's tough as well when like you're building community and like when you, when you start community, you don't necessarily know where it's going to head or where it's going to be in, in the future. Like I started my, a ministry of testing with, without any intentions of t- 
turning it into a business. It was really just like this fun side project. I was looking for excuses, right? I was looking for, you know, something for my CV. It's like, look, I built a community. You know, maybe maybe I can get a job doing this one day or, or maybe it will lead somewhere else. Um, but for me, it got to a point where after three years, I, I was like, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore for free. It's it's a lot of time. It's, uh, you know, um, it cost me money, some money. Um, I'm not really making any money from it. And um, if, if I don't do something about it, this is potentially like the most important time in my career, perhaps. Um, that I'm missing out on. Um, so it, it it took me like three years to decide to turn it into a business. And I guess like that's challenging as well because it's like, well, how do you turn it into a business after like be, being like essentially free for, for everyone? It's like, um, what what are the things that you can do? Um, and we, we ended up going for conferences. We did like started, started doing conferences and that became our main income. Um, and yeah, I guess like the thing behind that is like conferences, like, um, I guess like, like in the startup world or the business world, they'll, they'll say, they'll say, oh, do your research, ask, ask your people what they want, uh, get feedback and all of that kind of stuff. But I think when you build community and like, if you spent that time in community, like, like I had spent like those three years building that community, um, I didn't ask people, or I asked a couple of people. Or a few people um, whether they would attend a conference and, and pay for it, and they all basically said no. Um, <laughs> but I was like, "What? What are you on about?" I was like, "The, the industry needs this. Can't you see that?" And they were like, "No." Um, and I was like, "No, you, you guys are wrong. You're wrong." Um, so I just went went ahead anyways. Um, but I think that's the power of community as well. Is like, it's I don't think it's it's necessarily people you know, all coming in and voting on an idea. It's like, it's people spending time. And when you spend time together, you create understanding, you create uh, research, you create, um, you, you, you get to know um, the, the, the industry and the people um, so much better than anyone else would. And that kind of empowers you as a, as a founder, potentially, or whoever's running it to, to make decisions. And so like my decision was like, well, this needs to make money, and I think conferences will work. So let's let's give that a shot. Um, and you know, I had tried other things before. I'd, I tried like a newspaper, an actual physical newspaper, um, and it made some money. Not really profitable, but it, like covered its costs. Um, but like, I think we did it for like two years. Um, it was so much fun, um, so much fun. Like the, the physical aspect. It was like I've got, I've got like really fun memories of that but it's just like as a model it just wasn't sustainable um and I wasn't really willing to like keep doing that because it just like sucked sucked the life out of me but 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 that led on to the conference right so like um like our first conference like we had we gave out the newspapers so it was like this like swag item that but the but 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 it was like really meaningful it was like people at the conference were in the newspaper you know, and like you could take pictures of them, like reading the newspapers and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I believe like everything's essentially interconnected, and they, one thing leads to another. Um, and these days, I would call it like experimenting um, or creating like an MVC, uh, like minimum viable community, is like 
um, just like you do that with a product as in minimal, minimum viable product, is like in community, we need to be willing to experiment with ideas and and try things out and, and see what happens, see where they lead and um, kind of build upon the lessons we learn or the things that we build. So to get, how did you like create buzz for, you know, the newspaper or events? Um, I think, you know, my personal biggest fear is that I'll like create an event and no one shows up you know, or something like that. Like how do you kind of create buzz and then from there create traction? Yeah. It's, it's funny because it's like, I'm, my character is like, just like such, uh, what's the right word way of saying it? It's just like me doing events just seems like crazy for, for who I am. Cause it's like, I'm really kind of introverted, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one that likes to get up on stage. I don't, even though like on online these days, I'm, I'm more, more out there doing stuff, but like in real life. Uh, you know, it's just not me, but like I've ended up doing events. Um, and I guess maybe like from the meetup experience that I had before, like, I guess that gave me some confidence that I could pull some events together. But I think like when you're doing paid events, it's it's almost a different ball game. Um, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um so yeah, I mean, how do you create buzz? I, I think like um, the great thing for me with with Ministry of Testing was that I was creating an event for people that we knew online and that we had conversed or connected online for quite some time. So actually, like the first event we did, it was like seventy people, so it wasn't huge, um, and it was actually quite cheap. I think it was like a hundred pounds. I think it was like 60 to 100 pounds that I charged. Um, and I guess like the fact that we had, we, we all kind of knew each other online and lots of us knew each other for years online. So, so the idea of like people coming together for the first time and actually meeting for the first time really created this special kind of uh, bond and excitement. Um, and, you know, the, then like connecting with things like, the newspaper thing is like people would come and, and, you know, say all these like interconnected things that uh, people would identify with. And, um, you know, people would like hold the newspaper and have pictures taken with the newspaper and the article that they had written. Um, and it just like brought people together and it, it, it kind of brought people together in a meaningful way. Um, I've, you know, I, I guess like I've done, I guess, like as as a community builder, we we tend to do marketing things, but with the um, I is like we're not marketeers, but we do have to at least sometimes, like in 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 the case of like a conference, we do have to sell tickets. So it's like, how how do you like sell tickets without without being being pushy? Um, and how how do you keep the calm right when no one when you want more people to be buying tickets and uh, and they're not buying or you panic that not enough people are going to show up. Um, so yeah, and good answers for that. I, th- I think is just to, um, to build traction is like to build on, on the things that generate excitement and, and to, and to reflect that back to the community and, and for the community to, to, to share that as much as possible. So if they're having a good time, they'll go and tell their friends about it. And, 
um, if they're having a good time, we can take pictures of them having a good time, or we can record the talks. We recorded all the talks from day one, and we shared them with the community. So um, I always use that as, a, as you know, I, I, I spent a bit extra on getting the videos done because I knew that it would be beneficial longer term to actually show, like, what the conferences were like. Um, and I think that, that you know, as, as, a, as a basic foundation, that's kind, that's kind of worked over time. Um, I've never kind of inv invested in, in marketing per se. Like, we've had an email list. Uh, for years, it was just me kind of doing it, sending out emails. Um, I, I ran a weekly newsletter from pretty pretty early on. Um, probably it wasn't it wasn't when I, when I first started, but probably within the year or so after, I realized actually I need a way to continually tap into into the community um, to make sure that yes, we exist all year round. Um, but also we do this conference and that weekly newsletter kind of helped promote the conference as well in, in, in a way that wasn't pushy as well. Um, and like, you know, I guess like announcement, like emails, for example, we, they, they would be few and far between. So like we would announce a conference and then, um, that we would literally just send out one email um, and then send out maybe one reminder like a month before. But um, I was really keen not to, not to kind of, you know, be, be, be pushy. It wasn't, it wasn't my style. Um, but yeah, it could get nerve wracking at times. Um, I think like <laughs> what we discovered, what I discovered over time is actually like the, 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 the people who, who pay for the conferences are essentially companies. Um, and companies need time to get, or employees need time to get approval, to get the budget to go. Um, and so in time, we kind of built up processes that allowed for them to kind of have that time to buy the tickets. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't mean it's easy. Like sometimes we would, I mean, we would launch like with early bird pricing and people would go to their bosses for approval with early bird pricing and it would take like three months to get approval yeah um, but by that time like the pricing had gone up right um so like challenges like that is like i guess it, you know it's a good problem to have yeah but but you know those are the things that you kind of le learn along the way uh, totally yeah 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 conference tickets <laughs> yeah it's a whole nother um ball game for sure um i so i think with um like I've was, you know, listening to some podcasts you were on earlier and um, was looking at, you know, Rosie land and your newsletter. Um, I think you do a really good job of saying, you know, be authentic in your communities and your personal brand is um, so like, you know, be authentic. I think, uh, you know, you share a lot about uh, your experience with ministry of testing and kind of the challenges there. Um, I think, you know, from what I can see your personal brand, it, is then like a, you know, kind of pillar of trust for the communities that you build. Um, and I think that's, I don't, did you like plan that or is it just like that was organic? Um, Cause I think, you know, the people who attend these conferences or, you know, now webinars or, or uh, you know, virtual stuff. Um, it's like, oh, well, you know, we know Rosie and she's has a, you know, a long past with this. And she always talks about like, uh, 
being authentic and so maybe you know we're a little more keen to go to this one as opposed to maybe some, some other ones that we've we've heard of yeah it's a good question i mean i think for me it's like i i can only i think yeah in time i've realized that the best way to be is purely authentic and the more authentic you can be the, the better and i think earlier on i probably didn't have as much confidence um compared to now now i'm kind of just like um this this you know sod it there's no there's no other way there's absolutely no other way i have to be a hundred percent me and um or nothing else I, ca- I just can't do it um and i think like life life is too short to to be anything else to pretend to be anything else um but it doesn't mean it's easy. So like, you know, early on in my career, I, I hid the fact that I had kids because uh, the moment people find out you have kids, they don't want to employ you. Um, well, that's what it was like, you know, 15, uh, 18 years ago, my eldest is 18. Um, and so it's like those kind of things make you not want to be authentic. It makes you not want to share about, about who you are. Right. But um, over time, I've just um, I've kind of learned to embrace that and actually kind of, I guess, advocate um for, for people like me who have lots of kids um and unschool their kids and create communities and um bootstrap communities it's like I, i'm just like an advocate for it all it's just like you can yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it it's like this is possible and i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna hide anything and it's not it's not necessarily easy but this is this is me um and i believe it if this is me and i'm happy being me uh, which I am, I think. Um, <laughs> um, then there's probably other people who might appreciate seeing that actually you can live life a bit differently. You can just like be yourself. You can grow into roles and um, love what you do. Um, and and yeah, I, I it's just like um, I, there's no other way. Basically, I, I I get annoyed when people aren't authentic, and I can see right through it. Um, I don't know if I can see through it more than others. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to figure, figure that one out. Um, but sometimes I see things that I think other people don't see. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you don't see like how they're not being authentic. Mm. Um, and it's frustrating um, because I, I guess it's like ethics as well. It's like, mm. um, I'm quite big on my ethics. I believe in doing the right thing. Um mm. And I think it served me well. It's, it's you know, if, if we put it into business terms, it's my marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you know, as the the wrong way to put it because it's not my marketing strategy, mm. but it's it's helped me grow a business. It's helped me do things. Yeah, um, but it's worked. The, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's worked, and people love it. Right, for some one reason or another, people love it. So obviously, like I think I'm doing something right. Um, totally. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite, quite happy with that. Yeah. And that, so I guess, um, you know, like what would be the reason um, to not start a community? I guess, you know, when, when should you not start one? Um, I guess you shouldn't start one if it's, it's, if it's for your own personal needs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't start one if you don't truly want to help people. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't start one if you're not going to share the rewards, and um, mm-hmm. if you're not willing to 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 invest back or give back. 
Um, you shouldn't start one if you're not willing to do it for a long time. That's not strictly true, but I think if if you want to build like a long-term community, you have to be willing to kind of do it for five to ten years at least, um, and stick you know stick through the the times where you don't see growth. Um, and yeah, I guess like that that's that's always the hardest one. I think is like sticking sticking with it. Um, like I, I did ministry testing for ten years before I stepped back. Yeah, for wow. example, and it's still going um, with, yeah. without me. Um, and yeah, people would like not understand me at the beginning. They'd be like, "What a, te- a, te- a community for testers?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, can't you see it?" They're like, "No." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, I'm curious. I know you're not involved in the day-to-day with Ministry of Testing now, but um, I am curious kind of how going from, uh, I think, I mean, you, Ministry of Testing did $1.5 million in revenue from uh, with a lot of events. Um, I'm curious how, you know, COVID has not been kind to meetups nor events. So I'm just curious um, kind of what, what the COVID uh, Ministry of Testing has, has looked like. Yeah, it's been tough. It's been super yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, ministry of testing, like I, I still own it or I co-own it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I, I handed it over before COVID to a new CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, the CEO is one of the co-owners. Um, I kind of see him as like a, a late founder. Mm-hmm. So the deal was like um, my husband was like the tech guy originally. Uh, who helped like with all the tech stuff and business stuff actually, um, but the the deal was basically like he would take it forward. It's like we've we've done, we wanted to move on. Um, I was kind of like a bit bored with testing. I guess I was like more interested in doing other things. Um, so yeah, he so he took it over. Um, and he's been doing it for four years now. Um, so like you know the pandemic has been two years. Um, he took over four years, over four years ago, and I spent a year just hanging around supporting him. But he was like the C- CEO, um, and then um, after a year, I took on a role at Indie Hackers, and that was my way of saying, actually, I'm just actually stepping back from everything. I need, I needed like, I needed to do something else so that I would stop sticking my nose yeah. <laughs> into it. Um, it was, I imagine that was challenging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like one, on one hand, it's like me stopping sticking my nose into it, but it's like I spent a year supporting uh, Richard, um, and, and we, that's what we agreed. We were both happy with that. It's like um, we—I I didn't want it to be something that I just dropped and 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 left with him. And doing like a gradual handover felt felt right to us, and I was I was happy to do it. Um, but yeah, like so so like come pandemic. It, the business itself was 70% revenue from events. <laughs> so I say, like, yeah, it's like, um, uh, shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically. Um, uh, so yeah, like the first couple of months of the pandemic, it was like, oh my God, we, we weren't sure like what was going to happen. Um, we, we had to cancel events. Uh, we had one literally in March, like at the end of March and like everything shut down like one or two weeks beforehand. And we're like, oh my god, we can't believe this is happening. Like, had the event like been two weeks prior, it would have gone ahead. I was like, oh my god, and that's like our biggest event as well. And so, like, and how how do you deal with that? Like, 
from an operations perspective? How do you inform people? What what do you give? You know, to give refunds, all all those all those kind of things. It's like it's a it's a nightmare to deal with. Um, but then the nightmare to deal with ongoing is like uh, we 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 employ ten people. Uh, are we going to be able to? Uh, keep them going, and and those like within the first three months were like we were generally just like not sure what's going to happen. Um, to to our advantage, strong community pulls you through. I think um, to our advantage, we had already started and built a platform, a membership platform, with uh, content and courses and stuff. We hadn't pushed it enough because we had been so busy with events. Um, but that kind of like COVID kind of gave us a push to kind of make that the um, the kind of core focus of yeah prioritize. It's like this has got to be it. It's like let's let's make the membership the thing that sustains the community. So that that's basically been been the strategy out of that. Um, also, just you know, I, I guess like thinking about like when you build community, it goes back to like well, you want to give back to the community, you want to reward them. Um, in my opinion, one way of, of rewarding them is not not taking more money than, than you should. Um, and we had savings in the bank. We had, uh, I, I believed in, uh, I had business advice that not to have more than three months of savings in the in the bank account. That, that wasn't efficient. But I was like, no, I don't, <laughs> that doesn't make me feel comfortable. <laughs> um, I was like, I, I need at least six months ideally a year's worth of money to keep just to feel comfortable. Cause I felt like if whatever happened, not that that I saw COVID coming, but um, I love, I I felt really at at ease knowing that there was money in the bank, knowing that I could turn away opportunities that I wasn't, uh, that I didn't feel that were the best for the community. Um, And I think like being able to turn away things, because they're not right for the community is is a very powerful and strong position to be, be in. Um, so so I believed in having that safety net in the bank, <laughs> um, and luckily that's what that's what pulled it through. Partly, um, uh, another part is like we we applied for a loan um, and had that as a safety net as well, um, which we never actually used. Um, so you know that's you know that was more just like safety net kind of stuff and. Um, we haven't yet had to dip into it, but we still we still have access to it just in case. Um, so um, and then yeah, the other aspect of it was just going in on well, how, how do we make it sustainable online with membership? Um, they did they've done membership, they've done some paid for events, um, and actually they've pushed a lot more for kind of marketing budget from typically like software companies. And that's been a huge increase as well. Um, so yeah, all in all, small losses um, for two years um, overall. Um, for a period of time, we all took a pay cut just to like save money, just in case to give us the the the, the runway. Um, we took we we took a pay cut. Me and my husband, we took a pay cut. Um, we still haven't like increased our income from it that we t- that we take back to the, what it was pre-COVID. 
Um, we'd prefer for it to just, you know, have the longevity than be too greedy. It's not, it's not the right time to, for that. Um, but yeah, I think like tax, tax year, uh, end of March, I th- you know, I think this year will make a profit. So, uh, I think we'll, um, that's a great sign. And the, the goal is, um, it's currently almost at 2000 members, paid members. Oh, wow. Um, and the goal is to get, I think, to three thousand, um, because if we have three, if we have three thousand, then that basically covers all our costs. Oh wow! Um, so that so that's the the goal at the moment. But we get extra money at the moment through kind of marketing and advertising budgets as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and with that, I guess, kind of, what are your thoughts on? the future of communities, uh, you know, going forward, um, I guess, you know, Ministry of Testing, Orbit, um, what do you think the future is? I've been saying it for 15 years. I think the, <laughs> the, the future of business, the future of the world is community. And I, yes. I, 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 I've felt that since I discovered community. Um, I feel that even more now. Mm. Um, I think, I, th- I think, people still don't get it mm. um, and they won't get it until they experience it. Mm. So, so it's almost my mission to help people experience it, to help people uh, build communities uh, well, build communities authentically. Um, and I don't think there's enough out there. I don't think there's enough that are sustainable. Um, and, and yeah, so I guess like the future community, what is it? Is like it's going to exist everywhere. I think in some form or another, that that that, that is the future, and, and and people are going to get results from it. But it's going to take, I think you know, I think it will take a good five to ten years to see real change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I guess like along those lines, who who have you? What communities have you seen do really well? Like what communities have you seen? Um, how how do how do people build ones that are really great? Uh, it's it's a, it's a tough question. Um, I think these days communities exist in so in, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like for example, you can have like communities of products, um, which are kind of associated to products like Figma, for example. I think they seem to do quite well with community. Notion does quite well with community. I think it's like, um, so that, you know, there's definitely like big brands out there do, doing well when it comes to um, building a community around their product. Um, so, you know, th- those exa- examples are quite good. I, I think like when it comes, what, I, what I'd what i really love to see more of is like independent communities um, as well. It's like there's, this still feels like, um, Whilst they're valuable, like having like community as as a way of being as part of a company, I still think there's a big need um, to create independent, sustainable communities, um, and that's what Ministry of Testing is. And I believe like uh, we need more of that. We need more like communities that are striving for something without necessarily having this product to sell them at the end. Um, 
but that you know that doesn't mean that product communities aren't important either they're just different right um but i i i definitely feel like there's something special when the heart of the community is actually as long as we improve our industry and find a way to make that sustainable it's going to be we're going to build the right kind of thing but i think i think like yeah the cha- the challenge is getting people to to change their mindsets to support them as well um so i think that's uh that's the challenge we have and i guess like in my indie world there's there's a few good examples of some like smaller indie type communities uh nest labs springs to mind mm-hmm. um it's you know run by Anne Laurie, um and she started it during the pandemic at the, just at the beginning and um I just like the way she builds community. It's authentic. It's uh, accessible. It's affordable. Um, then there's like inter intellect as well. Um, they seem to be doing like really interesting things. Um, and again, they're they're going for you know trying to find ways to be sustainable and uh, staying true to like the things that they're trying to trying to achieve. So mm-hmm. they're, they're they're driven for this need to connect and to to share to share together. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um. Well, we are almost out of time. Um. Is there anything you'd like to um plug or have our listeners go check out? Um. I guess everything rosy and a little yeah. bit. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, Ro- Ro- Rosie Sherry at Twitter. I I tweet a lot. I tweet about community. Uh, like every day, multiple times a day. Um, Rosie.land is where I write about community stuff. Um, and orbit.love is, is where I work. Great company, doing good things. There's, you know, I, there's most places I would never consider working, but like Orbit is one of the few. Um, so yeah, they're, they're worth checking out. For sure. Awesome. We'll include those links in our um, in our show notes. And Rosie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, we'll see you around. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. Find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at LogRocket.